listening to Power in Practice, practical talk for living in a structured lifestyle. Hello, this is Soul Hunter, and you're listening to Power in Practice. I wanted to take a second before we get into the main portion of this recording and discuss with you the fact that you will be hearing flag during this conversation. As many of you have guessed, we do have material with flag that have not seen the light of day yet. We've decided that when it's appropriate and helpful, we're going to be making this material public. I understand that this might bring up um, difficult emotions for his friends and those of us who are close to him, but we think he... uh, We think he would be comfortable with it. And I certainly know that for my part, I enjoy hearing his voice and his opinions all over again. So hopefully you feel the same way. And if not, feel free to skip this episode. But I really hope you don't. I I think you're going to find it to be a good experience just like we have. Thank you. So are we talking about minimizing collateral damage? Well, we're talking about minimizing collateral damage and then to borrow... You know, to borrow the military term, you know, there's this concept of total combat. You know, everything you're doing, everything you're, there's a calculated effect that that is greater than the sum of its parts. And now that this is an area to avoid causing yourself trouble in, the flip side of that is, you know, once what you're, once what I'm doing is paying attention to the effect of the casual expectation and interaction because it can cause me difficulty. When you, re- when you, if it can have that influence, then it can obviously have a positive influence. Absolutely. And then you get to that point where, as opposed to concentrated effort, you know, the, the specific training exercise, the specific discussion or task or rule it's much more insidious and atmospheric deliberate doing deliberately what I've probably been doing accidentally mm-hmm. you know for pro and con right but even further than that I think therein lies an interesting piece of um, an interesting topic that not a, I, I don't really often hear approached from this point of view, I think we probably collectively have a reasonable amount to say on the topic. People will talk about, and, and I wonder if it's not what some people are constantly groping for when they're looking at, they're asking about protocol or what they're trying to do with rules. You know, there's no reason to have 165, 175 rules. Except what you're trying to do is give someone a detailed model for how to act and thus think in almost any given circumstance. You're trying to shape someone by simply building a cage that only leaves a hole the way you want it with rules. Yeah, it doesn't work. More it fundamentally doesn't, it than that, you're providing work. a context. You're providing a pervasive, all-encompassing context <clears throat> once you get into a serious into developing a serious um, power relationship. Um, and if you want to use mechanisms related to NLP or training, 
one of the things that works in the favor of the trainer is that you don't need to establish rapport anymore. Right. You've got their undivided attention. They want the approval. They're listening to every word, either whether it's deliberate or accidental, and they're reacting. So if you can consciously refine what you say, like you said, according to what your goals are, you can you can work that because they're they're already listening. They're already in a hyper attentive state. I think that one of the things you do have to consciously figure out for yourself is how to express approval in an unconflicted fashion. Now, not just unconflicted in the message you're sending, but unconflicted in you don't feel awkward, stupid, or phony mm-hmm. in, you know, going, that was good, whatever it was, however you say it, um, instead of, that was almost good enough, or, you know, that was nearly good enough for someone else. Into whatever, whatever the yeah, no, right, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, his style has a very dojo-like quality to it. Absolutely, you know, it's like, yeah, that was a really good sidekick for a, a retard with two left legs. Let's see what you can do tomorrow. You know, let's see what better you can do. And I can understand that working in some contexts, in some situations, it's a kind of tough love approach. It's Absolutely. a little. It's a little snide, snooty. It, it definitely establishes you as top dog, as alpha dog, to even be to be able to say that. <clears throat> but if there is a, an implicit understanding between you and your pupil that you're not really putting them down, but you're just kind of giving them a jab to try harder, that it's acceptable and and try harder all in one sentence. That's kind of the style that you represent. Right. But there's got to be variation to that. You have to sincerely be able to reward. Well, and and all things considered, I if there's a, a piece of confusion that comes out more often than not, it's it's there's not a ton of gray area between that. If you haven't pissed me off recently, I probably love you. <laughs> You know, it's 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 really kind of that. It's that way. You know, it's the what you know the old comedian joke. You know, you get in a fight with your wife, and everything you've ever done wrong shows up again. You know, I will sail along, and you know, you forgot X and you forgot Y, and it's not a big deal. And you know, you know, glad to have you around, and you know, we're going to go to a movie, and we're having a good time, and then whatever it is that will put it over the top. I just, and now I'm just annoyed about all of it, you know. One of the things that I've always thought was appropriate in theory, and I'm currently having a lot of success actually enacting much more thoroughly than I've been able to do previously, is the DMZ between those two points. Because previously, when I was in a romantic relationship as well as a powered, structured one. That was the default. Everything's great until it's not. Right. That devalues reward. Mm-hmm. Because reward becomes the standard. You know, Daddy and I are going to curl up on the couch and watch TV because that's what we do. 
we're going to go to movies together because that's what we do. We're going to have a good time and kid each other because that's what we do. That is our standard. Unless I screw up, in which case I live in mortal terror of screwing up because then everything goes away. Right. Creating a DMZ between reward and disappointment has allowed me a formal breathing space to teach and to keep my approval and my gestures of pleasure or intimacy an expensive commodity. Without that space, you're simply devaluing yourself. Um, And it's taken me this long and this set of circumstances to finally start nailing that down in my behavior instead of aspiring to it in my behavior. Right. That also gives you that little bit to the humiliation. Uh, It gives you room. It gives you a very clear DMZ between approval and disapproval, which means that I can say the same thing But if we're clearly in the approval zone, it won't carry the same negative statement. I mean, Angel and I will be having a conversation, and I'll be able to posit, well, I could fuck with you this way, and say, you know, if only you were in such a disappointment or whatever it is, the horrible keyword is. Right there, there's the... It's the kind of drive-by smack of I could and watch your ass. But it's also safe. I am not stating that you are a disappointment. I am not actually pushing your buttons in displeasure. I am expressing my intimacy and knowing you. On the other hand, if I am unhappy, there's a clear line and a clear range between one and the other. So it's not a tripwire, it's not a minefield situation of everything's great and I can chow down on all the intimacies I want and all the great times with daddy that I want until I step on the landmine and everything blows up and goes to hell. So that DMZ is... It's a useful tool. Mm-hmm. But it's a tool that can only happen if you're comfortable with it because... If you start creating it artificially and you're not happy with it, you can't maintain it. Well, I mean, that ties into an old, old, you know, yet another in the big wheel of BDSM conversations that comes up. But you'll <clears throat> you'll try and talk to somebody, Dom or sub, so, doesn't even matter. They'll be, this is usually an outgrowth of the love versus authority conversation, you know, and you'll get someone who will defend the, the fact that they're going to just be, you know, arbitrarily intimate until something goes wrong. And when you try and explain, because even though I'm not good at doing it, I get the concept and we always have, when you try and explain, look, it's, there's nothing wrong with affection, caring, love, whatever. 
just understand that it creates a weak spot. You have to keep it in mind. And the answer generally comes around to, I don't see why I should have to worry about it. I'm in charge. I should be able to do anything I want. The thing is, is being in charge gives you the opportunity to choose your priorities, but the universe itself prevents you from having them all at the same time. Right. You just get to pick which ones you're working with. You know, you can't do it all because just the people are not wired to respond the way you want them to respond to all of that. You have to pick, but you get to pick, and that's the bonus, right? You, you know, you get to choose which three out of these five things you care about. But no, just because you're in charge, you can't have all five. Because well, I mean, it was it was an interesting lesson not too long ago uh, when. <clears throat> Angela first started working for me. Um, I was in a particularly appreciative mood, and I gave her a hug. And it was completely counterproductive for both of us because she just kind of looked a little panicky and confused, not entirely sure what was expected of her and what that was all about. And it was at odds with the pedestal that we're both so carefully making higher every day. And I was going, that was not the result I wanted. Right. I did something, I missed the mark. Where did I miss that? And that's pretty much when the whole DMZ thing became clear to me. I was like, right, there are certain forms of intimacy that are no longer useful. My first thought was appropriate, but that is one of the things that makes me go, it should be whatever I want. Right. But if the term is useful, useful for getting the results I want. Yeah, useful is a much better term. That's, since then, I haven't made that kind of mistake, and I have any number of ways of showing appreciation and intimacy. But they all contribute to the greater goal. So, if you can start thinking about what your greater goal is, you can start crafting your gestures, positive or negative. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's clear that, you know, so the exercise whenever I start, whenever I, I'm, I'm gaining a handle on something, is now how would you express it? How would you, how would I teach it to somebody? How would I show it? How do I do it? What do I, how do I make that happen? So I pull out the, you know, the, the little one-note place where I'm sort of fitfully gathering pieces of gray book and miscellaneous protocol. And, okay, you can't really express a frame as protocol rules. They, they lead you to a set of priorities for how to make decisions. That's not the same thing. So I'm trying to figure out what's the mechanism, because clearly there has been a mechanism. What's... And what I came up with, and I'm, I can be wrong, and that's fine, but for me, the most natural mechanism, no, please leave it, to start that process is, at least in a training school circumstance, you wind up with an open letter that, that bullshit inspirational welcome new students Thing, the, the MacArthur speech from the front of the room, however it is you want to put that together, because 
the conventions of those communications tend to be in that vein. You know, we'll we'll put forth an example of someone you want to be, and then I'll congratulate you for thinking, for being motivated by what they must have been motivated by. I'll talk to you about, you know, and when you're done with it, what you wind up with is a bunch of people who, while they don't know how to be, you know, John Wayne from whatever movie, they're at least asking themselves the question when they're done, you know, what would Tyler Dirt do? What would, how would that person be? They're carrying around a little model of a personality that they're now trying to match. Obviously, for 10 minutes or five minutes in those circumstances. But that's, that's the communication mechanism, is that sort of example, inspiration, you know, there's a yeah. whole bunch of other ways to do it. But it was. I think one of the inherent problems with this idea is that I've never seen it successfully done in anything but an institutionalized environment. I mean, you go into the Marines and they can change your core values given enough time. But even then, there's only two reasons to join the Marines. One is to dodge something, and one is because you already have some of those core values. Well, I, but I, those are going to be the more successful I, and, and I agree, but I, I think that there's... I don't necessarily think that handing someone a lens to look through and a perspective to see through is the same thing as changing their core values. But when we're talking about reframing... We've been talking about reframing in a kind of a magic bullet way. There's got to be some way to make this person into the person I want them to be. Oh. Well, then, then, then I'm, 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 I'm overstating that and misspeaking. And I'm talking about much more in terms of, especially because I'm still in the deeply closed-viewed way of, of still trying to get my feet under it. I'm more interested in, as a tool for facilitating success in people who are already going in the right direction or trying a way out of self-sabotage or a way to clarity, um, a way to resolve, you know, dissonance, you know, that, that there's, because, you know, we're, I'm an example of it myself. I know, I know the things I want to accomplish and I certainly find them important and I'm certainly motivated to do them. What I find is that when I'm not keeping a clear perspective and I'm not looking at my actions through a consistent lens, then I'm just sabotaging myself. You know, so so what I'm thinking in terms of, you know, constructing and 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 then maintaining a frame, I'm just thinking of it in terms of perspective, priority, consistency. And then when I'm talking about handing one of those to someone else, now I'm talking about solving that or helping to solve that problem from the outside. I don't think that's the answer to take someone who doesn't want to do what you want them to do and make them do it. I guess I'm confused because part of this discussion seems to be about the essential who someone is and what they want. And part of this discussion is about performance and results. Um, I yeah, Performance I, and results are alterable, measurable. Yeah, I certainly didn't plan on bringing core personality core personality out into it. But that's what any conversation about humiliation is. Well, and this is why I say, I, not only not only am I sure I'm, I'm misusing the vocabulary terms from your point of view, but also I think that's why humiliation may or may not be counterproductive to this to this exercise. Like, that's 
also the edge of what I'm starting to get well, to. Well, a lot of ways, that, it's the last thing you need any assistance with. Yeah, you know, it, but but that idea that that that's counterproductive to this, right? And, okay, and, and that and that makes sense. You know, you, even you saying it now, I'm like, yeah, maybe that's what I'm trying to say. You know, I'm I'm doing that by accident. And it's not helping, right? But why isn't it helping? And it's because what I'm trying to do is. And, and from the point of view of, if I use the word consistent worldview instead of frame, what, you're tr- what I'm trying to do is not accidentally introduce flaws into that lens. You know? And I don't know, maybe one of the things that, that I'm, I certainly have not deliberately ever gone, nor even necessarily deliberately seen the attraction to humiliation. Degradation I get in spades. Humiliation I don't really get, necessarily. And it's because, on some level, I'm constantly aware of... There's an inherent falseness to it that I'm just... I can't I can't really get behind. Um, so I think every time I've done it, I've, I've either... Not been thinking of it as humiliation from my point of view, though how people take it is how they take it. Um, or I was just inaccurate in my aim. Well, you and I have shared, we have at least one common point on humiliation, um, which has come up usually in conversations where we're laughing ourselves stupid because it all boils down to look what I can get this person to do for me. Mm-hmm. That's a big chunk of my humiliation issues. Is how how low can I get you to go for me? And that 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 pushes my buttons. That moves me. Um, <laughs> speak up. I said, and that makes it hot. There. Okay. So. Um, when you and I are sitting around cracking up over the videotapes. We're hitting that button. That oh, gym, sure. You know, it's there. Yeah, yeah. Except for me, it's also wired into kink. Where right. for you, it's just kind of... <laughs> yeah. But does the other person know about the humiliation, or are you just appreciating oh, she knew. the humiliating she knew. aspect have, of it? I have... Uh, I am in that box of that I was having with her, for example, the entire time going, now I'm going to show this to my friend Ken. And then my friend Tommy. As a matter of fact, I'm having a party this weekend. I'll probably run it in the background. So yeah, she knew, but she was heavily into it. So that was that was the positive feedback loop there. Um, it wouldn't touch my kink button if the other person wasn't aware of it. And because my kink is all about response, it wouldn't touch my kink button if all it did was make them angry or even upset. When I've used the word humiliation in her presence, Kimmy tenses up, holds her breath, is terrified that I'm going to turn and do something degrading to her at any instant because she's within arm's reach and she lives in mortal terror of that happening. Not just for me, but part of Kimmy's universe is a very Douglas Adams, Arthur Dent. I will do anything to avoid looking X, feeling X. 
she has never and will never understand or feel safe knowing that her reactions are exactly the opposite of the reactions I would desire if I were to do such a thing. So, therefore, I will never do such a thing to her. It does not benefit me at all. But her fear is too overriding for, you know, I'm still... I may be Yunky Fu, but I'm still the boogeyman if I pull the face off, so... So there's none of it that's hot for her. Right. And because of that, there's none of it that's hot for me. Right. Whereas... It's a little different. We... You could go a long way. Yeah. You could, and and maybe that's what keeps bringing that idea of, you know, picking your lens. Because it's like being at the fucking optometrist. You know, you can just, is this clear? Is this clear? You know, let's keep that one for a while. Um, But you could take Tetsumi and go a long way down the road of things that were embarrassing. But somewhere there's a fuzzy line between embarrassment and humiliating. And it's going to have a lot to do with whether you're laughing at the bunny ears or whether you're laughing at her. Right. If you're laughing at her, anger is not the response. She goes right to... Okay, if she doesn't care what you think, then anger is coming quick. But if she does then what you've just done is convinced her that she's no longer good enough for you. And all the attendant problems that come with that state of mind. You know, but, you know, hey, look, I'm going to put you in the bunny suit and, you know, we're going to go to the bar and people are going to freak out. And, And if we're together on this, you do that all day, every day. 39,000 people, you know, I can, I could even laugh. But there's that whatever that indefinable quality is. Well, right now to that laughter, to me like the difference between my working definitions of humiliation and degradation. Humiliation is you're adding something, you're making her look silly, whatever. Degradation is you're taking something that's real, and you are tearing it down. Hmm. Um, I mean, remember, these are just pocket definitions. They don't mean Absolutely. anything, really. Um, and the more specifically we talk about a person, the more meaningless those definitions become. But, uh, yeah, I'm vaguely aware that in that way and that there are certain places I could probably go, especially if we're in a scene context and she's in a, you know, giving off receptive vibes that would be a lot of fun and we both walk away with it from it happy with each other but I'm also well aware that there's lines and I'm not sure what those are there's a whole minefield with her that I just don't know what it is I found is more than happy to offer things that she is willing to do so I just file those away and maybe someday I take her up on it and I have in the past and I may again but I play it safe because I don't know her parameters. So now, taking this inevitably as I do to where does all this form and fall in the form of what we talk to other people about? You know, classes, lectures, um, test meetings. 
as I think back, we get a lot of questions. Or I think there are a fair number of people who have asked us a whole bunch of questions that wasn't the question they wanted to ask, which is my partner slash girl and I are occasionally, occasionally it feels like we're entirely in sync. And then we're occasionally at cross purposes. And how do I have more of that and less of the other stuff? And now you're back to, you know, total manipulation, you know, with that idea that we have well-developed discussions and talks and we've put no end of information out in the world about how to deliberately, you know, in a non-combative way because we never really bother dealing with whenever you're talking about training you're generally talking about someone who wants to learn whatever it is you want to teach so we're not talking about combative changes but we're almost we generally have wound up speaking mostly about overt ones you know I'm doing X I'm going to do X and they're going to get better at Y or we'll talk about I think the closest we come is discussions of house structure and consistency. And when those things verge on talking about atmosphere, you know, that, that if you project X, they'll react with Y, you know, so if you're consistently X, they'll come back consistently Y. And it's sort of, and, and we have so much other stuff we would talk about those times. And I think there's, I'm not suggesting we dedicate any time to it, but there's this whole circle of space like out that door that's unconscious in the sense that they're not necessarily aware of it being constantly happening. You know, a China, the Chinese water torture version of personality alteration. Um, and it's, it's something we always get questions about. And to some degree, it's something that for the most part we tend to do anyway so it's it's easy to forget that there's something there to talk about. So just tuck that away. It's interesting. I was actually <laughs> a little surprised by what you mentioned as the priority. And I realized that the first thing anytime I'm giving a lecture about influencing the people under you, the first thing I talk about is listening. Now, I also have to know that that is useless because everybody, to whatever extent they listen or don't, thinks they're listening. Nobody ever thinks they're not listening. Right. <laughs> it's just one of those paradoxical pains in the ass about human nature. Everyone thinks they're a good listener and that they're paying attention, even though they're thinking about what they're going to say next. Um, and that's always my first line because uh, I've found that the more you listen, the more options you have. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all. That's, uh, that's really the magic bullet as far as I'm concerned is just pay attention. Everything else just comes as a kind of natural extension of that. Once I have this information, I make decisions based on that information naturally as a matter of course. They mm -hmm. have results. Without that step, though, without the act of listening, I'm firing blind. Absolutely. 
So you want to go into that other room, the space of the un, non-deliberate or unconscious <clears throat> changing of perspective and, and analyze that and make it into a tool? Well, I, I, I mean, I'm probably trying, I'm not going to be able to not think in those terms anyway. As I say, we're really sort of at the beginning of that process I go through when I'm trying to, when I've, I've sort of seen something I hadn't really thought about consciously before, and now I'm trying to fit it into the totality of my other tools. So are you talking about rewiring a person's head? Well, I think... Who's, who's there and not doing it... It's not a hostile takeover. Not a hostile takeover. If, if, they're if, there because they want to be there, and right. they're, they're focused and, and willing to change, improve, learn something, be trained. Yeah, I don't even know that it's it's really a matter of thinking about it in terms of specific techniques. It's more in terms of I I've kind of just figured out that there is an overarching theoretical tie to a bunch of stuff that we've been doing and thinking about anyway. You know, there because from this flows you know, or this connects right to, you know, why protocols are more useful in more circumstances than a rule is. And and you back up from there to we've, you know, always been capable of talking about the pros and cons of, you know, consistency. And then you're talking, you know, we, we've talked about reward and we've talked about maintaining place and distance. And those things in and of themselves are are a great set of tools for shaping what amounts to the worldview of the person you're talking, you're dealing with. And so it's, it's almost like just being able to go, you know, put another tab in the notebook and pull a whole lot of shit out of the margins of, of other places. And now they, now there's, there's a home to collect it in, in my head, you know, and that's really all it is, you know. Um, the word I think I'd use, language I think I'd use, at least in my perception of what the fundamental changing process is and begins with, it's not changing actions, it's not changing perspectives, it's not changing worldview. All those things are a result of changing values by making something more important to the person. Not important as a conscious priority, I have to do X before Y, but that something is fundamentally more important. Giving things gravity and priorities fall into line and therefore performance falls into line. And I've had mixed success with this. Um, in some cases with my animal it worked perfectly and in some cases I could not budge her values with a crowbar they were not going to change because I was working on it's uh, so I mean if you look at I've had people under me who were inherently lazy I have never been able to successfully change that value, which meant nothing else ever worked. 
because everything else was temporary. Nothing would stick unless that value, that core value, changed. And and Thank you. and you're obviously right. I, I what I'm what I might be starting to do. What I might be seeing is the beginning of an opportunity to <laughs> to do some of that in a way that's a little non-intuitive from the way we might have thought about. And actually, if I dig back six or seven years to, you know, I did an essay on state changes, and it's basically the same concept. It's, it's that idea of... I know people I could crowbar. Kamiko is a perfect example of of a place where I try it or have tried it and it would fail. And for whatever reason, it never really occurred to me to try it in that manner with Tetsumi, and I've had more success, at least on a temporary basis. I can jackhammer away one by one at value sets that I don't like. And what it always seems to be is that there's an inertia that wants to fill that void again. I've never tried making single alterations to Tetsumi. What I've done is pick an entire other facet of the personality I want, change it in toto, swap a whole other worldview. It doesn't seem to leave the vacuum behind. You know, you... Changing, changing Kamiko's desire to sleep, you know, or her her ability to sleep, or her laziness factor. I never have success when I'm just pounding away at it. I always have more success with talking about books, or getting her at the, to the gym, yeah, or whatever it is. And it's, but it's not even one for one motivation. It's if she can see herself as the type of person who goes, you know, the the total package. I go to the gym, I write, I get a chance to sleep, I get to watch TV, I get to play with the dogs, I get to do whatever I'm doing. That whole thing is complete enough that it's stable. Right. Yeah. And self-reinforcing, right? When you're looking through that. And then you can get inertia working for you. And you, usually we can go with that until something will happen. Right. You know, one of us or the other of us will get sick and that inertia stumbles and breaks off. But that that frame's own stability will help reinforce itself. So working on individual values, I, I feel exactly as you do. It's, it's like doomed because I can pound away at you sleep too much. But... Unless you see yourself as a rock star, you're not, you know what I mean? There's There's nothing to fill that void. Right, right. Um, So, and and that's that's kind of that that deal. Is there, is there, um, is there a, to to coin the NLP phrase, is there a technology there? Well, in a lot of ways you've already got it. Of larger swaps. You've already got it, which is the idea of the substitution of the positive frame set. Yeah. You know, you've been using it with more and more success over the years. Yeah. 
So. I've never found a way to hurry the process up. Yeah. I that I can I can do it fairly easily for fairly short periods of time. I have no mechanism for gluing it in. I have no way to keep it there. You know what I mean? I, I can I can I can that's, that's the difference between a priority and a value. If you actually change a value it stays. Right. And and I it's it's just now now that's I, my thoughts aren't entirely clarified, so I have to I have to run. But I'm I'm thinking if I guess it's the question of if we accept that you can't probably make a wholesale change in values that don't exist in someone at all. You know, right right that idea that you can't fundamental without huge institutional effort. That, I think it also has to do with the context and the timing. Like <clears throat> when I first met Danny I had no regard for the value of honesty, and I had no regard for the value of being a decent human being to other human beings. The only value I saw any merit in was being meaner than the guy next to me, and being funnier and crueler. Um, Danny, through exposure, and positive reinforcement, and occasional doses of disapproval at the right time, it's not like I'm unfamiliar with the crushing moments, crushing impact of disapproval. Um, I started to see the merits in being a decent human being and started that changed my essential values until I changed them for myself and struck a balance I could live with. Sure. Meeting you made me do the same thing about honesty. Okay, right. You were the first person who I had ever met who took a deliberate, public, open stand against casual dishonesty. You know, it it changed my value set. Um, So I know it's possible, but I think it has to do with the right person at the right time. And I've yet to find a way for it to be possible at a whim. Just because someone accepts my collar doesn't mean I can perform that alchemy. No. And I think it's I, I think that that is certainly one of those places where obviously the 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 worldview they step into has to be intrinsically more attractive to them than the one they're leaving behind, or it's simply not going to work. And that may in fact be the secret. Which is that would be how you frame this worldview as something more attractive. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, when I after the class got home and you know, obviously misusing the word frame left and right, and I know what it is, but I'm thinking it through, and so you you bounce to Wikipedia as you usually do. And for all of the problems Wikipedia has, there's there's this incredibly good example of exactly this thing in the framing definition. Psychological study on the topic of framing. And here's the way it works. Posit a theoretical outbreak of a disease. 600 people have the disease. We have two experimental treatments to try on them. One of them is going to save 200 people and kill 400. 
the other one may or may not save everyone or everyone dies. So those are the facts. And then you go out and start asking people which one they'd vote for. And obviously the way you word it has a radical change on what the outcome is. So, and if you look a little deeper, what you get is, you can, you can go even further and realize that what people will shy away from is any result that takes away the life of people. So if you talk about the 200 you're going to save, they'll, they'll go that way. And they'll go that way because to vote against that is to deprive 200 known living souls of their life. If you talk about how many are going to die, then they want to give those people a chance, right? So it's, but there was no value changed there. You're just bringing the correct the, the value that reinforces what you want to the front, simply expressing the situation in those terms. And that's that. Now you're you're back to the 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 that that humiliating versus. Um, Humiliation versus degradation. Pick. I, I probably have those words flipped, but there's that idea. You know, if the goal was, you know, cheerful bunny you're wearing, then you know, how stupid is it that you know it took 42 years to figure out that it's probably easier to do that by going. I think it's so cool that you look good in bunny ears, as opposed to put these things on, you know, or, or when I'm, if I was scattershotted and enjoying being mean, probably going, well, look, if nothing else, you can keep my bunny ears from dragging on the ground. Let's go. That's fine. And it's fun, but it's not helping. It's not helping. Got it. Right. Helping. That's the priority. <laughs> Don't get distracted. Right. And you know, once 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 that perspective change has enough age and inertia of its own on, then you can fuck with it. You know, you can you can kick it and it'll wobble, but it'll stay. You know. So there's nothing radical in any of that. I just it process. That's what I was going through in the back of my head for a couple of days. I was fascinated when you were talking about the whole that that whole world reframing mm-hmm. with Kimmy that you do, and I, I can on from this side of the coin, I can see how that works and how the slightest change to that ecosystem completely throws that whole thing off, and it's hard to get back into it again. Yeah, because it's not it's it's certainly not her natural state. No, and it's all it's all symbiotic. Every single thing in there relies on every other single thing. Right. Yeah. And it's, but I mean, that's, look, there's, there's certainly some value in the fact that these people are almost perfect examples of, of different, different problem sets. But, you know, but that's that, that idea that, you know, if, if Kimmy wants to write, you have to get her to the gym. If it, and conversely, if she's writing, she'll go to the gym. What the fuck do those things have to do with each other? But they do. You know, it's 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 all of a piece. If you tried to do any of it in individual terms, if I tried to work on it piecemeal, there'd be no there'd be no mechanism. That was probably probably one of my essential problems with the animal was 
I ended up working on it piecemeal because for the first time I was with someone who didn't give me enough cues for me to understand everything that was going on. That was new and frustrating. But she was so fucking stoic. I think I spent far too much time early on causing damage to people I didn't intend to cause because I'm completely, I was, until I was like, probably right before I met you and probably after, completely convinced that past all that transient bullshit, there was a meta personality that unified it all in a way that made sense to me. And I simply would refuse to deal with the other ones until I got to it. No. <laughs> so I'm just digging, just, you know, you know, and they're trying everything. You know, I'm I'm happy. I'm a bimbo. I'm whatever. I'm no, no, no. You know, like throwing shit out of the toilet. Like, where's the bottom of this thing so I can talk to whoever you are and figure Because I would always feel betrayed. You know, this made perfect sense for a week, but now suddenly you're like, what, pissed? Get over it. You know, how did that? Which one of you is lying? Yeah. That's how you feel. Oh. <laughs> that was exactly. Oh, absolutely. me. Just whatever it is you're doing, stop lying to me, or I'm going to have to kill you. Was she lying? No. But all my instincts told me. Yeah. That there was falsehood. Now, was there falsehood to some degree? But it was not a deliberate attempt to deceive. Right. It was an attempt to try and make me happy the only way she knew how so that I'd stop being a dick and she could make her sir's best friend happy. Yeah, just chameleon, rapidly changing yeah, colors to try well, and figure out where yeah. got the wall. Yeah. Watching you change over the months of knowing your dad was an extremely interesting process. And it was great because it was like my own personal soap opera in some ways. <laughs> because you'd come into the hospital to come and keep me company and you'd be attending to me and helping me out in all these ways. And I could see every day's installment. <laughs> <laughs> or the telephone call or text. Yeah, whatever it was. Like, it was also very convenient that whatever poker face you have disappears when dealing with him, even if he's not in the room. You too. She's a fan. Oh, yeah. Seen it. I used to have such a good one. Go on. And you still have one, just not when it has to do with it. Yeah, that's all. It's easy to cover things when they're. when. Actually, you don't have that really heavy influence. I had no poker face with Daddy David. I had no poker face really with Flag. I could I could poker face the nurses. I could poker face a little bit with you, but you always saw whatever was going on. Yeah, I was going to just put that one on the track. Yeah, there's a lot of editing before this. But the reality is, when I'm in a room and there's stuff going on with Flag. I, I, I'm working really hard to keep a poker face, and all I need is a little bit. <laughs> so, is Ken's issue how to either strategically use, 
humiliation, degradation, and objectification as as training tools, or how to avoid having them trip them up? Yeah, I think what he is is recognizing now that they can have positive and negative effects, and that he's been using it to negative effect. He's been shooting himself in the foot, and he needs to reframe these things, which is true. I mean, it's just... I mean, even in the big world, he's always gotten more negative attention than positive attention because of that same tendency to cut the throat, even playfully. Because it's like throwing eggs all the time. Right. And, and, but it's whatever. There's no relief to it. There's no reward at the end of it. It's very, very fortunate for me in the long run that I was who I was and I am who I am because... I was that guy for a long time. Like I said before I met Danny, I had a nice thing to say about anyone or anything. So when Ken came out shooting, I already spoke that language. It didn't offend me. It didn't upset me. I was just engaged. And speaking Ken was a big help. And that has obviously benefited my life in a lot of ways since then. But, uh, at the same time, I'd see people right next to me going down in a withering hail of, of shotgun shells. That wouldn't bother me at all. And I'd be like, you know, couldn't happen. She was too fragile at that time. She just could not happen. From who? Okay. Um, to get that time, couldn't handle criticism. And... That's what was generally offered. So you're the king of the neg, man. Women make me very nervous. Your response to nervousness is humiliate them. It's yeah. the neg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good okay. okay. Change in values. Three, four days ago, humiliation was not a happy word. But now that I've stitched it together with things you like as examples, and then pushed a couple buttons while doing it, and it's a handy and, and you know, and it's and and that's exactly at its core. That I think is the topic that we have been getting questions about in forms around the edges of other shit we've talked about for years, and I don't know that we've addressed it head on. Okay. Which one is that? Exactly what you just talked about. All right, so let's crystallize it. Yeah, what I did, what I'm thinking of by way of example. I was going to go talk about objectification, humiliation, degradation. And her reaction was, I'm probably going to be busy that night. I don't want to be there for that. But that wasn't going to happen. So she was there. So during the lecture, when I told a joke about, or at least phrased the statement in a crowd-pleasing way about, uh, well, that's not humiliation because I like that. I used examples that would resonate with her. Right. So I could hear the lesson going click as I hear the kind of whimper giggle from the corner. <laughs> then later on, I'm reinforcing this 
because I had been looking for the right Christmas present and I hadn't found a material Christmas present yet. And then I found one. And uh, I was having a lot of fun leaving it up on the monitor as she's working and bringing me so she sees what I'm looking at. And she's a little worried that, you know, am I just teasing? No, I have every intention of getting this. I want to get this. This works for me. And I put, and that was a dog bed because I don't want her sleeping on the blanket anymore. I want to get her a, a good dog bed that will fit under the desk. It will, you know, hopefully help some uh, back problems be more comfortable and very much cement the idea of this is her place right there. Place is kind of capitalized, it's an important word. So then I brought up a dog bowl that said water. And I waited, and she caught that. And again, the whole brain freeze. She's like, and she admits that, well, you know, there are a few people I would do that for. I would do that for you. But that's not the positive reaction I want. Right. So I mentioned, well, I was just looking for something to serve you my leftover scraps in. She's got a thing for eating leftovers off the authority figure's plate, cemented the two. Right. Now the pet imagery is getting more and more positive. Oh, but there was one more step. <laughs> sure. So then, just to dig a little deeper, because that's what he does, <laughs> it's, well, you know, if that's not good, or if that's not good enough, not humiliating enough, not whatever enough for you, I could just drop it on the floor. Huh. <laughs> My life is good. <laughs> but that's not humiliation. Humiliation's bad. <laughs> it's not humiliation. That's so, bonus. So what is what is well, the kernel of the questions that you've been hearing for years? Well, I, I think look, what's what's the one thing you keep? What is the thing that people are constantly talking about? This is the point of third-person speech. The point of capitalizing this, not capitalizing that, but even skip typography. The word that keeps coming up is place. And if place is worldview, know your place is know who you are, is And if the question is, how do you build that? How do you do that? You know, we can, we've, we've endless words and endless hours teaching people how to teach people how to... How to arrange for people to take on fi- actions. You know, figure out how you want this served, and we can show you how to teach people to serve it that way. Protocol is all about keeping them thinking the way you want them thinking, but that's a half measure. That's not being. Place is the word that just keeps coming up. How do I keep him? Well, she forgot her place. I teach her her place. My girl knows her place. But nobody's really putting. The technology behind that and going, how do you construct and maintain place? I've admittedly avoided that because I, as of yet, don't think it's really possible. I mean, I've been a serial relationship one after another with only one brief break over the last couple of years while I was ill. But I had never been without some sort of relationship one after another after another. And I learned a lot from each one, so therefore, with each one I went into a little better armed, a little better informed, a little better 
one thing I'm absolutely convinced of is there is a lot to be said for natural organic matching mm-hmm. because there are some things you cannot force and or at least I have never found a way to productively create I was talking with David as uh, he was inquiring how things were going with Angela and I was extremely pleased because of the natural fit there's nothing here that I have to, that I have as of yet found, that I have to take a real hammer and bend the shape of and hope it lasts. She has been broken and bruised in all the right places. She's kind of like pre-worn jeans. Right. It's all good. <laughs> well, and and I obviously I'm, I agree entirely in terms of power. You know, one of the one of the beauties of of that people in our circles are are involved in different relationships. Those things have never been connected because I'm in a relationship where it's not. The power differential between Tetsumi and I is unquestioned. Ne- not something I had to create. Mm-hmm. That's not nearly the same thing as an easy fit. Right. So. I absolutely agree that it is impossible to create the core, but to, in my mind, people are, you know, are little whirling personality spindles, and I'm just sort of waiting for the one I really like to come by so I can sort of staple it to the front. And that part, they're ephemeral anyway. They, they switch on their own. So now I'm just going, yeah, I mean, does it, does NLP conditioning, you know, full on um, majestic 12 shit aside, you know, could I take a random person off the street and turn them into someone who worships the ground I walk on? No. Can I take someone who already has a tendency to worship the ground I walk on? but then manages to get distracted, fucks it up, or has conflicting personality traits, can I smooth those things out? You know, can... That's at least a, a reasonable... Yeah, is... Yeah. is right. Within the relationship... The relationship is going to be with the relationships, but within it, how do you help someone maintain, you know, maintain that worldview? That, that, because when it's on... It's indefinably different. Well, that's why I find that the DMZ is such an important step. Because, how do I put this? The DMZ gives people room to see. I guess the the way is to say the room to see where they can fall short. Mm-hmm. And a chance to self-correct. If they're living in a complete minefield where everything they do is fine until it isn't, there's no real chance to alter course. Right. But with the the somewhat formal buffer, there's that place of, I am not unhappy with you, I am not happy with you. I'm therefore watching to see what you do. Right. That brings around mindfulness. And, and that's why your example with Angela was, was the one that I think connected for me or, or will help you understand what I'm talking about. There are any number of people you could go to and go, yeah, she wasn't really a humiliation junkie, but I spent a couple of days on that, and now I can, we can do that. From their point of view, you've made a core change in her fit, but you Just know better. Language. You've changed 
you change the perspective and the right. shading and the view. Right, but not the values. Right, and and that's that's really all I'm talking about. He's know? utilizing what's already there. Right. Right. You just you kind of move it around, and what you've really done is what you've done is change the way she looks at the action. That's what frameworking is. Right. And and that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's you couldn't make, you know, I can make it easier for somebody to do. They're going what we're going to wind up doing anyway. But I can give you a way to look at it, and I don't even really care about easier. The side effect of when the perspective is right, when you're looking through the lens that's right. We see this internally in ourselves. We talk about this in pickup. We talk about this in everything. When I've got my head on straight, a thousand and one subtle cues I don't have to fake. They're just there. Yeah. And when someone's consciously trying to be right, it jangles on my nerves as opposed to when they're just being right, and that's that's something that you can do for someone. If they're close enough, you can click it in, and I think that's what people talk about. You know, my girl and I are you know we've been you know she's been coward for five years and we're whatever, but she forgets you know she occasionally forgets her place and I have to put her back. Does that mean that her core values drifted apart? Does that mean they're bad for each other? Does it mean they didn't have it? doesn't mean any of that stuff. We know that. People drift and you get them back. And this is just, it's that same thing. It's just, they keep asking us, how do you make that happen? But they could, because they come up and go, if I just write my protocols big it's, enough. It's is the that, hypnotism thing. There's yeah. got to be a, there's got right. to be a, yeah, yeah, if I, you know, if, if my protocols are strong enough, if I've got, <laughs> still cracked, you know, if I've got fast. 380 rules, then she can't, you know, I won't ever notice when she, and that's, but this, I, I have a feeling God, this is the thing they're really looking for. But, you know, they're not, they're not just like talking stupid because I think there, there's an understanding that if, if it's not falling together naturally, you've got to affect some kind of guidance. You've got to build some kind of structure so that they, they will tend to go into that direction you want. And I, I think you start from broad strokes and then you build towards narrower strokes. It's Absolutely. not the attempt to correct that makes me nuts. And this is just personal you know, nails on blackboard. This has nothing to do with reality of anyone else's life. Um, it's not that. It's the combination of ineptitude and overweening pride in that ineptitude that gets me every time. It's not, well, I've got 300 and something rules and they're working pretty well. It's, I've got 300 and something rules. How many do you have? Yeah. I'm sure that you what have time your is little rules, too. And, and yeah. if you want to be like me, you need at least 300 At least rules. 350 rules. That's 390. Documentation <laughs> and the 12-step program, and I'm getting too personal. And your mission statement. And your fucking <laughs> mission statement. I have a mission statement. I have to screw it onto the end of my leg, but once it's on, I will give you that goddamn mission statement. <laughs> Okay. You, know, you, you, you start with with your with your your whatever goal or intention you want to have, and mm-hmm. and the 
protocols are a working and growing and adjustable format to encourage that that change that that state change if the if the protocols aren't enough then you kind of push the issue and you narrow it down you narrow the the pathway down by putting up rules rules are are just you know more confining than mm-hmm. the protocols are and, and and as i was thinking about it i'm I think one of the reasons why we as a group are consciously working and capable of narrowing down, you know, cutting the protocols away and cutting the rules down is because somewhere along the line it became very clear to us that more of them isn't actually solving the problem. So we're keeping protocols and rules to the literally practical things. Whether your head is on right or not is not going to give you the ability to intuit that I don't want you to, you know, leave the room without asking for it, you know, whatever it is. Well, these why Sir's rules work for her because her core values on these matters are different. Her core value first is performance. Right. Everything else comes second. The core values you and I seem to be looking for are actual framing values. Yes. Motive. We need you to want what we need you to want. Yeah. She doesn't care if you want it; just do it. You're right, and and that's that's exactly that's exactly right. And you touched on it. You know, you you've touched on it deliberately and talked about it. In and this is why I say it's it's all this shit that we had in the margins and in between paragraphs. Right. Also. <clears throat> you spoke to the other day to to the naming. You know, animal, nothing. What are those things, if not the, the, the sides of a frame? That's exactly what they are. It's alignment of purpose. Right. Be, and, and it's a holistic one. Right. You can always ask the question, what do animals... Right. Not only that, it's enthusiastically embraced because it's an intimacy. Right. You know, um, therefore, the frame gets embraced. So the, the steps that you would have to take... You know, the rough outline breakdown is going to be get a get a handle on get a handle on what you want them to do or think or be, and then start looking for the levers. You know, what are the things you can use to align? It's it's a morph program in my head. You know, you've still got two eyes, you've still got a nose, you've still got a mouth. Just now, you look like Michael Jackson. You know, it's you, you know what I mean. You're, you're shuffling, you're shuffling around, but you're not growing a third eye. You're right. just yeah. It always struck me on a more intuitive level, like Zen archery. Sure. That idea of aiming at the target as more than just adjusting your hand. You're keeping this goal in sight. And yeah. then everything you do falls into doing that. And as long as you keep your goal in sight, you tend to function in, within those parameters. And the moment you lose sight of that goal, yeah, I take the, the the Zen thing. You know, I always um, because I don't, I, I never got it. You know, um, <coughs> well that means you get it. But in, in a, <laughs> I win. In a but in, in a literally practical way, one of the ways I'll, I'll explain I explain to people in the dojo all the time. 
I don't necessarily have. We have a couple of teachers usually, and it's because not everybody can teach you how to do whatever. So, but the the thing that I'm always talking about is what body part are you thinking about? You know, when you're getting ready to make this block or this punch, you know, are you thinking about making contact with my arm? Or are you thinking about hitting me with your elbow? It's, di- it's, it's a different thought. Because if you define your goal correctly, if you've picked the right end result, millions and millions of years of evolution has taught your body how to deliver what you're looking for. Just, you know, if, if, you know, if you're trying to punch me, just punch. Don't. Too very Stop hard. trying to. Yeah, it's, and, I, and it sounds so stupid. And some people get it and some people don't. And it's, you know, I'm like, you know, think with your hip. You know, lead with the hip. Put your hip next to my hip. Everything else is going to do what it's supposed to do. But you were worried about getting your arm around my neck or whatever the fuck it is. And it's all that same thing, you know. It's just, if you have your, if you have the right thought in your head, then shit will come together, you know. So, yeah, what's your goal for this person? You know, what's, what's, what's the shape you want them to take? And then are there enough points of similarity or points of leverage? Can they do it? And that'll come out of, is, how do you do that? Is that in there? Yes. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. That's the question that always hangs me up. Because when people go, I want her to do this or I want him to do that, the question really is, is it in that person's nature to do this or do that given the proper stimulus and problem? Right. Or is it simply not part of them? And therefore, the real question is, do you need them to mean it? Because if it doesn't matter if they mean it and all you're interested in is you stand up when I enter the room, okay, fine. But if I need you to be standing up when I enter the room, out of respect, deference, and a willingness to be useful, right. you don't have those things. There ain't crap I can do to make it happen. Right. Yeah. But you you can you can shift and borrow. You know, there's you can you can move respect <laughs> from you know you can move you can move loyalty to the flag to loyalty to MacArthur. You can move yeah. you can move that counter around within limits with the right point of view. It's you know, I'm not dying for, you know, fucking Jimmy Carter, I'm dying to protect the office of the presidency. It doesn't really matter who the fuck is behind that desk. If you're Secret Service, that's that's that lens. That's what you have to look through. It's not him. Because I probably hate him, you know. But so you take somebody who has a particular perspective and you just sort of show them how they can fulfill their goals by taking on this mission, you know. Um, and a little sleight of hand and a little redefinition. And did you, you know, in a very real way, did you give her a humiliation button she did, had before? Or did you take an act that most people would think were humiliating and framework it out of that? Well, I just took things that she had already frameworked out of it and then reattached the word to it. Yeah. Easy enough, you know. And that's key in a lot of situations. Uh, I mean, what Flag said before about, you know, there's got to be something there already to work with. There's got to be like an organic um, matching 
for a higher degree of success, part of that is part of, part of what progresses that organic matching is being able to recognize the potential, what's there, what what raw materials you possibly have to work with, and I mean you you work with two different personalities and they're not interchangeable. They, they each right. have their strengths and weaknesses and you know how to apply towards each of those. So in, in the case with installing this, this, this new thing with humiliation, it, it's taking what's there and creatively putting them together in, in a structure that pleases you. So then you're using their potential and to build it up. I mean, it's it's. I'm getting a lot of a lot of that from reading about the Ericksonian methods of of you know instead of hammering a specific induction style and in, in every person and saying well the ones that aren't getting hypnotized are resistant. The other way is to find you know whatever it is that they've already got going and then use that. Right. Against them or for them or, or however, and you build uniquely to that person's whatever things that they bring to the table. One of the things that that I like when I'm trying to figure out whether, not that it's a new concept, but when I'm trying to figure out whether what I'm thinking makes sense, is if it doesn't force me to go back and throw away shit I've been thinking or saying for years, then I feel better, right? And. To, to, to talk about what you were about what you were saying about organic, all you really have as levers are your approval and disapproval, and if those don't matter, you're fucked. You know. Absolutely. But but oh, and here's what I was going to say. But you you do the classic example is something we talked about endlessly when we started the estate, which is were we going to try and create a personal accountability frame or were we going to borrow and subvert the one that was there and use it to avoid entanglement we were thinking about it from a different perspective whose time is it right that game what is that if not the subverting of a value that's there to an act and specifically, you didn't care whether she meant it. In, in the sense that she didn't have to be not wasting your time. Right. It was okay if that value never happened. As a side effect, she wasn't wasting your time. Most importantly, she wasn't wasting his time. Right. And that's okay because it still meant you weren't standing out in the rain. Right. You didn't care whether she was doing it for you or not. In some sense, whether she meant it or not towards you. And, and so that's, that's another example of a, how elastic this can get if you can, if you can throw a, a line to the pillar, you know, almost any pillar, you can start winching that action and that thing. You can tie it. I'm trying to remember what exactly it was at some point. I may have still been in rehab or it may have been here. Lexi and I were having a conversation and I mentioned that we were just goofing around and kind of teasing each other and 
the idea of consequences came up, and she's like, "Well, I'd never do that." And I'm like, "Well, you know, I have no power to enforce anything, so you'd be free to do that." Of course, three words to David, and she took the bait and started obsessing about what the three words could be. And I, we had fun with this for about a half hour. As, <laughs> but essentially, yeah, I was looking for what would be the most horrible thing I could say about Lexi to David in three words or less. <laughs> I think I ended up with don't send her. <laughs> fun with utilization. Well, it really makes things easy when people really want what you need them to want. Yeah, I mean, the closer the, the starting gap easier. is to begin with, you know. All I want from the world is compliance with my will. It's that so much to ask. Ask. <laughs>